and a night on the road beside the old canal, and another day and this night that wasn't yet dawn at the edge of the mudflats. Trust him. This is in his hands. And the woman's voice that was not the woman's familiar hoarse and strained voice, but this voice of detachment and wonder in the face of something that has gone well when it was not expected— or was not expected quite so soon. If it is wrong for any of this to be done, he will send an angel of the Lord as he sent to Abraham to spare his son Isaac, and also to Hagar, that her son was given back his life in the wilderness of Beersheba. In her stubby fingers that were chafed and bled easily after three months of the gritty green lye soap that was the only soap available in the county detention facility, the woman wielded the large, tarnished seamstress's shears to cut the child's badly matted hair. And with these stubby fingers tugging at the hair, in sticky clumps and snarls, the child's fine fawn-colored hair that had become nasty and smelly and crawling with lice. Be still. Be good. You are being readied for the Lord. For our enemies will take you from me if you are not readied. For God has guided us to the land of Moriah. His promise is no one will take any child from her lawful mother in this place and the giant shears clipped and snipped and clattered merrily. You could tell that the giant shears took pride in shearing off the child's befouled hair that was disgusting in the sight of God. Teasingly close to the girl's tender ears, the giant shears came, and the child shuddered and squirmed and whimpered and wept, and the woman had no choice but to slap the child's face. Not hard, but hard enough to calm her as often the woman did, hard enough to make the child go very still the way even a baby rabbit will go still in the cunning of terror. And then, when the child's hair lay in wan, spent curls on the mud-stained floor, the woman drew a razor blade over the child's head, a blade clutched between her fingers tightly, causing the blade to scrape against the child's hair-stubbled scalp and now the child flinched and whimpered louder and began to struggle, and with a curse the woman dropped the razor blade, which was badly tarnished and covered with hairs, and the woman kicked it aside with a harsh, startled laugh, as if in wishing to rid the child of her snarly, dirty hair that was shameful in the eyes of God, the woman had gone too far, and had been made to recognize her error. For it was wrong of her to curse. God damn! to take the name of the Lord in vain. God damn! For in the Herkimer County Detention Facility, the woman had taken a vow of silence in defiance of her enemies, and she had taken a vow of utter obedience to the Lord God, and these several weeks following her release, until now she had not betrayed this vow. Not even in the Herkimer County Family Court not even when the judge spoke sharply to her, to speak, to make a plea of guilty, not guilty. Not even when the threat was that the children would be taken forcibly from her. The children, the sisters, who were five and three, 
would be wards of the county and would be placed with a foster family, and not even then would the woman speak, for God suffused her with his strength in the very face of her enemies. And so the woman took up a smaller scissors, out of the canvas bag, to clip the child's fingernails so short the tender flesh beneath the nails began to bleed. Though the child was frightened, she managed to hold herself still, except for shivering as the baby rabbit will hold itself still in the desperate hope that is most powerful in living creatures, our deepest expectation in the face of all evidence refuting it, that the terrible danger will pass. For, maybe, this was a game? What the spike-haired man called a game?